voices It's up to you and me To shine a guiding light and lead the way United by our cause We have the power to pursue what we believe We'll achieve the realization of our dreams Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons This week we celebrate International Women's Day Sunday the 8th of March is International Women's Day And it's important to celebrate the achievement of women in our culture I'm also reminded that Blind Citizens Australia has a national women's branch and while it's been some time since we featured them on New Horizons, it's something I intend to remedy in the next couple of weeks, so listen for that. Emma Benison, the CEO of Blind Citizens Australia, gave a speech recently, in fact on the day after International Day of People with a Disability, to the Department of Communications. The speech was on leadership by people with a disability, but I think some of the same arguments hold true for women in leadership. I want to start with just a quick story, which I think will set the scene in relation to disability leadership. So back in 2010, which seems like a very long time ago now, I became the chair of Arts Access Australia, um, which has already been said is the national peak body representing arts and disability. And at that time, the organisation's funding situation was pretty precarious and it had lost its CEO and so the board decided to appoint a transition manager Kate Larson and Kate subsequently became CEO. On the day that Kate signed her contract she and I were sitting down over a very much needed glass of wine to try and celebrate the fact that we felt like maybe finally the organisation was travelling in the right direction again. And just as I was beginning to sort of breathe again in for the first time in felt like what felt like a long time, Kate said to me, now, you know, I'm really excited about this role, really overjoyed to accept it, but I'll be aiming to resign within two years. And I thought, God, that's a bit weird. And so I said, I I thought that's just not normal. I thought, gosh, maybe we've, maybe we didn't do our due diligence very well. Um, so I said, why? Because I was, I was quite perplexed. Um, and she said um, that she believed that Arts Access Australia needed to be led by a person with disability to ensure it was authentically representing the needs and interests of its members. Now, naturally, I agreed and I thanked her very much for her commitment and um, I I sort of just thought, oh, that's great. That'll be the end of it. But unfortunately, when she very publicly announced her intention, reactions were really mixed. There were those who applauded her. There were those who felt it really was irrelevant whether Arts Access Australia was disability-led. And quite bizarrely, there was another group of people who thought that Kate would do better to acquire her own impairment and continue in the role. So that was a bit weird. I said, well, what are you going to do? Go and cut off your finger? Or, what are, you know, I, you want to do something that's not going to sort of hinder you too much. But anyway, but there were also a, a large group of people who thought that we wouldn't be able to find a person with disability to lead the organisation, uh, that there just wasn't anyone. Um, so anyway, still, step down she did, and um, I was appointed to fill the role. 
um, it was a huge privilege, still one of my favourite jobs, and a huge privilege to be the first CEO with disability uh, in the organisation's history. But I guess the point here is it didn't have to be me. Um, many of you would be aware that three artists were recognised through the inaugural um, Arts and Disability Leadership Awards. And beyond that, there are so many more examples of disability leadership in the arts and cultural sector um, now than there were when I joined Arts Access Australia as CEO back in 2012. But if you look at leaders in the broader community, you won't find many that identify as people with disability. And in fact, you still won't find enough in the arts and cultural sector either. Um, so we've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. We're most commonly found, we being people with disability, um, leading disability organisations in the not-for-profit sector or leading through sporting excellence. That's another big one for us. Um, we're still rarely seen as having the capacity to lead media, corporate or government organisations. So why is that the case and why does it actually matter? Leadership is defined as providing guidance or stewardship. Now, when you think about that, it's perhaps really not that surprising that people with disability are rarely viewed as potential leaders. When you think about the limited control we often have over our own personal lives, our everyday lives, and the fact that people with disability are often portrayed in the media as helpless and in need of charity, or as heroes and objects of inspiration. I can't tell you how many times I have attended high-level meetings with a sighted colleague, and the automatic assumption, the unconscious assumption, has been that my sighted colleague is the CEO and I'm there to assist. So that's you know an example of unconscious bias and we really need to, to challenge those sorts of perceptions. So why should we actually care about whether people with disability lead? In a speech I made to the Arts Activated Conference, um, which is run by Accessible Arts in New South Wales in 2012, one month after my appointment as Arts Access Australia CEO, I suggested that failure to ensure leadership opportunities are available to people with disability is not only a waste of first-hand experience, knowledge and talent, it's also sending a very subtle but important message that on some level people with disability are less capable, less qualified and less important as a voice for change in our communities. There are many other reasons why disability leadership matters. It's more likely to build inclusive organisations, which makes economic sense. Everything from accessible programs and services through to employment opportunities for people with disability are impacted by having people with disability at the top of organisations. It also means that young people with disability have role models they can learn from and be inspired by so that they grow in confidence as future leaders. But perhaps most importantly, it gives people with disability a seat at the decision-making table so that they can have a real and authentic position from which to speak and give voice to the needs and aspirations of people with disability. 
that benefits all Australians, not just people with disability. Uh, and unfortunately, it's all too often lacking in our society. All of this makes for a more inclusive, representative society, which reflects the fact that 20% of us are people with disability. By way of example, I just want to talk to you about a, a bit about my own um, leadership journey to give you a sense of how I overcame some of the barriers and how you might think about implementing leadership pathways in the Department for People with Disability. So I think first and foremost, I have found that mentors and role models and, and coaches, both with and without disability, have been critical to my success. To give you an example, when I was five, um, I had my first blind teacher. Uh, he was a music teacher and he taught me that blind people could do, you know, really interesting jobs just like sighted people and, and, um, and even at that age I remember how relieved I felt to know that there was a blind adult available for me to ask questions of and, and learn from. Um, incidentally, something I did learn is that um, if you've got a blind teacher then putting your hand up in class, it doesn't, it doesn't really work. Later on, I, I worked for a while in the Queensland Department of Employment and Training, and I actually chaired its um, staff disability network. So I am very aware of the importance of these kinds of networks in departmental contexts and the impact that they can have. Um, I had an excellent manager who gave me some really great advice about navigating complex departmental politics and um, and who also he went, really went the extra mile to ensure that I had what I needed, needed in terms of um, accessibility. Actually, it was the really small things that made the biggest difference. So things like making sure that I had um, information in electronic format um, for, before meetings without, without me having to ask or keep, you know, keep following up um, or, or just things like making sure there was someone to guide me in unfamiliar environments and things like that. So it was the little things that made the difference. So I think it's really important not to feel daunted because, you know, usually it is the small things. Um, when I was 16, I became a member of Blind Citizens Australia, which is the national representative organisation of Australians who are blind or vision impaired. But I vividly recall attending one of their conferences when I was in my early 20s and just being in awe of how many articulate and well-educated blind people um, were leading the organisation um, at the time. And many of them have been really generous in sharing their wisdom with me um, since then on, on everything from public speaking to travelling as a blind person and so much, so much more. So I, I definitely don't think I'd be where I am today without those, those people. Um, I could probably go on all day talking about my mentoring experiences and the people who've mentored me because there are so many of them. But the point I'm, I guess I'm making here is that if you want to provide real pathways um, towards leadership roles um, and you can identify people with disability who have leadership potential, I think one of the best things that you can do is assist them to, um, to find formal and informal mentors, both with and without disability. Um, another excellent way to enable people with disability to gain leadership experience is to offer them opportunities to 
act in more senior roles and I've certainly had a number of those. One of the barriers that I've encountered um, on numerous um, occasions is that I'm often not seen as a safe pair of hands, um, even though my track record uh, as a leader is, is very strong. Um, so encouraging people with disability to step up has the dual advantage that they gain valuable leadership skills and managers have the opportunity to see you know, how they perform on a short-term basis. It's also worth flipping that argument about people with disability not being a safe pair of hands on its head, I think. Um, as people with disability, we need to be very resourceful and resilient in our daily lives just to get things done. We also often need to advocate for our needs and we regularly need to be to display patience and empathy um, in the face of pervasive negative community attitudes. Um, all of those are important leadership skills. So providing we also have the professional qualifications, there's absolutely no reason why we, why we can't be a safe pair of hands and um, why we can't lead organisations. My final suggestion um, for making disability leadership um, more prevalent is to adopt a flexible approach to job design. So, you know, if you know of a person with disability who has the potential to lead, it's a really good idea to sit down with them and work through the job description and figure out what, what aspects of the job um, are manageable and what aspects might need a bit of adjusting. Um, as people with, with disability, we often um, you know, have lived with our impairments for many years or even since birth. Um, so you don't need to feel like you need to have all the answers because we've actually been coming up with access solutions for years. So it's just a matter of asking us what we need and, and sitting down and having the conversation. We'll, we'll definitely be able to tell you. And, and my experience has been that um, when you have those conversations, it generally changes the way the whole um, organisation or team works because some of the solutions that work for people with disability also improve um, the, the process for everybody. Emma Benison there, CEO of Blind Citizens Australia. And I hope you'll join me on this International Women's Day in celebrating women in leadership. I'm Vaughan Benison. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of a dream